Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to What Do You Know on News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. Arnie Sherman, good morning. Good morning, Scott. You know, we have an amazing guest today from an industry that has been probably the most devastated by the COVID pandemic uh, every industry, but but media and music have been kicked to the to the you know turf as a result of you know venues closing, artists can't perform, people aren't really flocking to these online paid performances, and we have an all long time. Friend Annie O'Hayan, who's going to be on the show, and why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about Annie because you know her for a lifetime practically. Sure, I've known Annie for almost thirty years. Annie has been a uh, worked in the music industry, both in publicity and media strategy, um, and she has worked with everybody from Philip Glass to Laurie Anderson, Lou Reed, Eddie Vedder, um, uh, uh, Peter Gabriel. She is on the board of the Tibet House, which is uh, they hold their annual concert yearly. Uh, and it's the February 17th this year that Philip Glass curates. And that's got an incredible lineup. Iggy Pop, Patti Smith, Eddie Vedder, Laurie Anderson, Phoebe Bridgers. So she's involved in that. And then Annie is also right now involved in working with new and emerging artists, both as a manager, but also as a a, a, a media presenter through her Instagram site, Anio Live, Anio Music Live. So she's going to be a great guest. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I've read about is that a lot of the emerging artists, um, you know, now that they don't have any, uh, you know, venues to, to start, we're hoping that some of the more established artists would, you know, kind of put an arm around them. And that actually hasn't happened very much, you know. Agreed. Agreed. So they're really out there, you know, sort of struggling on their own. Yeah, it's a tough time. And uh, I think some of those established artists have found ways to keep relevant, keep making music, keep earning. But yeah, you're right. Sending a lifeline to some of the the emerging artists would be the uh, great thing to do. And Annie spent a career doing that. So I'm anxious to hear more about, uh, you know, what she's doing now and what the, the future may look like for Absolutely. Can't wait for it. Our guest will be Annie O'Hyan right after the break. Back after this. Hi. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are back with our guest, Annie O'Hyan. Annie, hello. How are you? I'm doing good, uh, considering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, considering the, the way of the world these days. Yes. Annie's joining us from uh, Paris, France. So, how are things in Paris today? Uh, well, you know, the restrictions keep changing. Right now we have a six, which most people do not follow. I do because I'm, I'm, I'm an alien here. I mean, I'm totally, uh, allowed to be here, but I prefer, you know, to stay home after six o'clock, but people get permissions because they work and all that. And so they get permissions to, to stay after six o'clock if they need to. So it's a curfew, but it's kind of respected. Restaurants are not open, not even outside. And that's a big problem. Like you don't have places to meet. Um, people go to offices for meetings and they don't, uh, a lot of people work from home, but a lot of people go to the office. So it's kind of half and half. It's different than us. Yeah. How, how long have you been in Paris this time? Uh, just a couple of months. As a as a tourist, I'm allowed to be three months, but I'm mm-hmm. only going to stay two months. 
And how have you stayed? How have you been staying active there? Well, I because as Scott knows, uh, I'm always super active, so it's it's a little bit difficult here. Um, but what I do is between like noon and five. First of all, I have never walked so much in my entire life. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, I know Paris well, but this is the first time when I'm able to. to walk and connect between all neighborhoods because I always only took taxis because I had no time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's actually wonderful. I see people outside. Every Places are open just for delivery. So you pick up a coffee, food, you sit on a bench, except it's super cold, but we still do it. And once in a while, I go uh, have lunch with a close friend that I know is careful. Uh, I'm, I'm way more traumatized and paranoid that most French people, because when I arrived here, I had not seen anybody practically in New York for weeks. So I don't know if it's good or bad, you know, I I can't judge. People travel, they have a now that French people can only go to European, uh, the Union countries, and Mm -hmm. only people from those countries have a French passport can come in. So and so what has been the effect of all of this on NEO Media and all of the activities that you were involved in up to the start of the pandemic? Well, um, one other thing I've been doing here is uh, keeping alive. And I've gotten quite a few French people to perform, which is wonderful, because as you know, or maybe Scott told you, the spirit of my series and and doing since the beginning in the music industry where I was a bit off, independent, alternative, if you want, is to include everybody from everywhere, whether you well known, not well known, give a chance to perform and be exposed to the American audience. So I'm continuing this with the Instagram that I'm doing. I'm trying to do once a week. So that, that keeps me busy at some meetings because the concept of Instagram until the live starts again and hopefully I'll go back to work at the standard or other location I would like to actually offer the concept or sell the concept to a company that don't have those resources and would like to be you know kind of cool and feature all these musicians Uh, so I'm working on this separately I'm, I'm working on on a presentation. Scott, I've never had to do a presentation. I don't even have a bio. <laughs> so you, I'm, Annie, I'm happy that. to help you if you want me to help you. <laughs> I would love that because you now touch wood, I've been super lucky. Nobody ever asked me for my bio. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Annie, Annie has been able to do, she's done this for everybody else but herself. That's been her career. She's every, she's always promoted everybody else except herself. Now she has to promote herself, which is Not- good. It's not easy, but I, I will do my best. <laughs> right. So yes. for our listeners, you know, Annie is a well-known, well-established publicist in the music industry. She's worked for people like Lou Reed and Peter Gabriel and Pearl Jam and uh, Smashing Pumpkins and Laurie Anderson and Annie Lennox. And then um, more recently, you've been doing this uh, live from the penthouse at the Standard Hotel series in New York, giving exposure to younger, newer, more eclectic, you know, artists, you know, people like Rodriguez and Lofang and uh, Elvis uh, Perkins and Lulu Gainsborough and folks like that, that don't have a big audience compared to some of the people you've done earlier. So my question for you really is some of the big established names have a better ability to persevere during uh, a pandemic like this, but what happens to artists like the ones you were highlighting and showcasing at the standard during, like this well i it's very difficult i'm not gonna beat around the bush so some of them are super creative and they are able themselves by doing instagram streaming but frankly they even if they ask people to pay for those concerts they make very little money i mean really very my instagram is free i'm very lucky that most of these people are grateful even for the exposure. So I I can't pay anybody. I wish I could, but I can't. I have a friend that's helping me doing the graphics. Another one helps me like technically. This is like Scott said, all people have done favors to in the past. Having 
Having said that, if they are lucky enough to have, you know, parents, because you're right, they're mostly, mostly emerging artists. They have labels, they don't have labels. The ones that have some support from labels or family, and they, they are active, so they just keep writing. Uh, you know, Bandcamp actually, and you know, I'm not like a big industry maven or any of it, but Bandcamp has been one good source for a lot of artists. They do those Fridays where you, you right. get all the revenues. You're aware of that. Um, it, it, I mean, I can send you a little, uh, it's it's called, I'll tell you what it's called. They, they let acts receive full revenue for any music sold on its site via Bandcamp Fridays. Right. So, they, I mean, I'm sure there's other platforms. But honestly, it's very, very hard for most of them. Now, in France and in Europe, there's this big controversy that they'd rather open, you know, big stores like Galerie Lafayette and not open any cultural site, any museum. However, again, here it's kind of half and half. All the galleries are open. Galleries are open. Museums are closed. Theaters are closed. Live venues are closed. However, and I went for the first time with Scott would know her. I worked with her for a long time. Angelique Kijo. The I know queen, her as well. The queen of Africa. She's like my yes. sister. She said to me, look, and she's very careful. She said, no, I have to work. And she's uh, she's a big star here. She said, come to a, I'm doing a TV show. I'm like, oh, I don't want to be with people. She said, come on. Yeah, I wear the mask and we'll be fine. I have my room. I went, first of all, I almost cried. Scott, it's been so long that I haven't done that. Right. I was like, oh my God, it was she performed, it was um, some charity that actually the first lady, Brigitte Macron, is involved with, and she loves Angelique. I can't tell you how good I felt for that. So Angelique is a star, so she's able to do a lot of things, uh, unlike emerging. But so they found, I mean, even though the French are upset about what's going on culturally, they find a way to do things. Around. So there's no audience, for example. Mm. You had a big orchestra and you had artists doing their song and you, the artists each had like a couple of people with them. Mm -hmm. no, okay. so it's kind of like that, but uh, there is a big movement now resisting the fact that some of those places are not open as opposed to commercial places, you know, uh, galleries, is that right? Yes. I was going to say, if galleries are open, can a performer, Perform at a gallery? Could you have somebody singing with a guitar at the gallery? I guess they can, but you know, obviously, there is social distancing in the gallery. Uh, they they really try to do that. So it's a, it's. But but what I wanted to say, and again, I don't know all the facts in the states. Also, I heard that there is a, a law that just passed to help live music and live small clubs. It was thanks to Chuck Schumer. I, I read about that. They have yeah. a lot of, uh, they call subvention, uh, support from the government, regardless. If here, if you have a job and you don't work, you get about 75% of uh, unemployment. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're independent, it's a different story. And that's the problem. A lot of the people in the cultural world are independent. Mm -hmm. but they still get help. They do get help. So it, it's a difference. They're not uh, as active on Instagram or social media as we are. I mean, the bigger stars are. They are very active. I follow them. Uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. So the bottom line is uh, hopefully the live will come back soon. I'm planning, I manage now until I can do this uh, again. I manage three or four artists. Uh, three are emerging. One is a little bit more established. And we're trying to get gigs. Put for dates together. Put dates together. For the end of the year. Right. For the That's what people are saying is the end of the year. Arnie, what's interesting is, is that, and Annie, you probably experienced this when you're getting into a situation like when you did a TV taping, there's rapid testing. There's, there's just so many, there's so many um, kind of uh, checkpoints in before you do a production. It's probably hyper vigilant in terms of distancing, masking, testing. Um, 
but still it's it's few and far between it's expensive to do that and that drives up the cost of a production no question and also here just so you know every you, every pharmacy you can do it's not the pcr it's one below it's a test you can do quickly to at least know that you're negative it's mm. not the most accurate if god forbid you're positive then you have to do another one to a pcr but if you're negative you're negative and that's super helpful you have the results in half an hour not even yeah exactly any any take us uh, arnie let me ask any this because I, I want people to know her background so take us back to the to the to the the heyday of the music business right when you and i were both working together at bmg and arista records and and that and we had unfettered access to anything we needed access to. The world was completely open. Talk a little bit about your, you know, your background in doing, you know, publicity for for the artists that you worked with and what you were doing in that regard. Um, yeah, I mean, we did have access, but as you know, I always try to do things a little bit differently. But obviously, the live, especially with some of the bands I worked with, was. I mean, beyond amazing. I, I came to music, first, actually, I did media and politics. So Scott will appreciate that. When I first time I met Lou Reed, um, you know, he was asking questions in his <laughs> unimitable <laughs> way. And then I told him I had worked, I was from Morocco, Israel. And then before I started in music, I worked with David Garth, which was the political guru, of, he trained me. I mean, I owe him everything I, I know. He said, well, okay, well, if you work with politicians, then you're ready for rock and roll. <laughs> so <laughs> that was that. And then I just, you know, I grew. I didn't even know where I was going with this, to be honest. And then I was lucky enough. I worked very hard 24-7 uh, and I learned the business, but I didn't want to do publicity just for the sake of doing publicity. I was treating the campaigns like a political campaign. I wanted to do media strategy. Right. And because of the bands I worked with, to be honest, I mean, it wasn't that difficult to get press for them. First, I had to convince them to do the right press. Then I came up with a plan that made sense. At the time, we didn't have the blogs. That's part of the reason I quit. I didn't want to deal with the blogs and those, you know other medias that I personally not good at. So yeah, we had access. I, I mean, I don't know what you mean by access. It was easier. There's no question about it. It was fun. It Doors were open. We, we were able to get things done in a much different way, even that before COVID. Right, right. It was very yeah. physical. It was very a physical thing. You were always able to see people, talk to people, pick up the phone and call people. This it actually you're right. It predates even the internet and mass communication through digital means. Right? You were. It was just easier. Easier, no question. I I really when this happened. I mean, it's over ten years ago that I closed my company. It was by choice. It's just, first of all, the artists I worked with, they were not then basically interested also in all that media. We, you know, we like the New York Times and, and Letterman and, and NPR, you know, those kinds of things. I, I mean, right. nothing against the blogs, but also as a PR person, I was very minimalist. You know, it's just like you do a lot of great things, but not a tremendous amount of things that don't make any sense. I never did reports when, when the label would ask me, can you do a report? I would say no. They're going to have to trust me. And they, they did. But the beauty for me was that I worked mostly directly with the artist. I was very lucky with that. Very, very lucky. And the labels were supportive because often those artists were, you know, demanding and rightly so. So yeah, they had to to be. They were very suspicious of business people and, right. and of label people. And Annie could straddle both sides and speak to both. And that's what made her so valuable and important to her clients, but also to her employers. That's right. That's, you made a very I was going to say, you made a very interesting point, Andy, about politics and then, you know, the entertainment business. And you mentioned you, uh, you know, you work with one of the founders of, you know, using documentary footage. That's right. You know, in uh, in political campaigns. 
And just uh, because on it, he invented the commercial as we know it. Yes. He right. And he and and and, and uh, Scott, you may not know this, but uh, Garth, David Garth's first political campaign was for John Lindsay in New York. Adlai Stevenson. Where now? Adlai Stevenson. Oh, he worked even for Adlai Stevenson earlier on. Yeah. But his claim to fame, I think, was taking an underdog and making him you know, popular. And then obviously he did, he did that with uh, John Lindsay and then we're. But he, used, he did all the mayors in New York, except I think Dinkins. He even did. He was really already, you know, finishing up. When he did Bloomberg. Yeah, he well, he was. Bloomberg. Yeah, he was born in 1970. How did you get connected with him, Annie? How did you get connected with David Garth? When I came to New York, I knew two people. 1983. I was not in the music business at all, but I loved music, always did. I knew one person was his partner. Uh, I had met him in Israel and he was not dealing so much with uh, local politics, but foreign countries to do uh, polling. And th- I mean, Garth also invented the polling, the whole idea of yeah. polling. You know. He was the pioneer. Yeah. So this guy, um, I said to him, I know I need a job. <laughs> And I, so he said, you know, come work with us. Just like that. Like like I said, that's why I never needed a, a resume. You speak French. Maybe we do something in, in French in Africa at the time. And that's how I learned. Uh, and that's how I started. I stayed three, four years. But honestly, I didn't want to stay in politics, um, even though he mostly worked with Democrats. Right. But he was very smart. Garth was saying, if anybody is moderate, it's fine with me. He worked with... Uh, Alan Spector and John Hines, who were moderate Republicans. Right. But basically in New York, David took from John Lindsay to Bloomberg with Koch, Ucari. I mean, most amazing. It's a long political career for sure. He's still alive. You know, he's 90, I think. No, 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 no. Oh, he passed away? Passed away a while ago. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. uh, And one day somebody, I don't know, came to the she was with Amnesty International, and I don't know why she wanted to talk to Garth. And this lady said to me, you know, we're doing a, a rainforest benefit at Carnegie Hall. We're staying, etc. Would you like to volunteer? I said, sure. <laughs> so I went, and then I was spotted by Kathy Shanker, who was a big PR lady, worked with Sting. And she said, you want to come work with me? Just like that. And really? I, said, I know nothing about music PR, but she gave me a chance. So I worked there for two, three years. Then I met a lot of artists. But then, as Scott knows, I went to Arista Record, which was also totally out of the blue because I wasn't the, the person for the job. I never worked you know, in corporate America. Clive Davis was Clive Davis. Yeah. And so the headhunter came to me and like it. My long story short, I met with Jack Rovner and Clive. And then um, I was head of press of Arista Records for one year, but I I couldn't. I was already on my way to do something different, to be independent, to choose the artist I want to work with, not to compromise. And Clive was wonderful to me, really wonderful to me. Right. He appreciated, he appreciated, hold on, those are the dogs. He appreciated uh, you because of how you work with artists. That's why he appreciated you so much. I was also honest. I was, I did, you know, I, I was honest with him on what I could do, not do. What what I didn't like is, you know, you have a staff, you deal with the staff, hiring, firing, you sit in meetings all day. I had already experienced working directly, independently as artists. And so it was too hard for me. So I left and I opened my company and the people that you know had stayed friends with um actually you know came with me and uh, then i expanded and and that's that <laughs> so you did so well yep yeah, sorry Arnie, uh, keep going. i was gonna say so annie you've had you know very famous clients in your career that you were publicists for what would you say to somebody like peter gabriel or uh, pearl jam about what you could do for them that other publicists couldn't you mean then yeah, then, yeah, then. What would you well, say? I, like I said, it was, you know, I tell people media is not random. 
it's not just, oh, let's get this, let that. First of all, there was a, a plan. There was a plan. And identify, let's say, 10 of the most important for this artist to do. I would not, you know, one time, I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story. You know, Caetano Veloso? Mm -hmm. So he's the biggest star in Brazil. Amazing musician. It's interesting the people that are, you know, famous in their countries and I mean, maybe they're not, maybe they're not, not in America, but he, he, so I was lucky enough because I worked with a lot of world music artists. And he said to me, I said, I'm not going to New Jersey or wherever to do a radio show. I don't need to do that. So it's the same. It's like, you don't need to bring them here and do that and do this. No, you make a plan and you, of course, along the way, if some things come up, so I would, I would do that. I would also respect, I'm always on the side of the artist, even when they do things that I don't agree with. First, I try to understand it. And then I, I try to convince them that it's a good thing or not a good thing. But it, I think it's a mistake when you just do PR for the sake of doing PR anytime. So right. this, this was not what I was about. Then we had people, as Scott know, like Lou Reed, that was extremely savvy extremely savvy on what needs to be done, how it needs to be done. So he really taught me to go from A to Z before I present anything. So that's the other thing. I would, there was nothing casual, nothing random, nothing left to chance. You get a, a request. This is when it starts. This is what they want. This is how long is the song. This is what they want to write about. Those are the questions. You get the questions. And that really helped me, still helping me today. Still think I did the smallest thing to the biggest thing. So I right. discipline, I mean, discipline, discipline. I'm sure there's a lot of publicists that work that way, but I think I got extra lucky with having somebody for Lou always demanding. Like he told me, I'm never going how you do anything. Right. You represent me. But when you come to me, I know. If it's yes, great. If it's no, I know that you would try anything before before you say, I can't do this. Right. Well, yeah, it's, he... very, it's very competitive. I didn't even know I was competitive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I competed with myself mostly. <laughs> what was the he hardest? Was... Um, good, good, Scott. No, no, no. I was just going to say about Lou. He was very demanding and he knew when you weren't doing a hundred percent, he was like, you got to keep do this. Right. Annie, like he understood that. Like you were like, how does he get that? But he understood when there was still another option. Cause I think he had seen so much. No question. But also, you know how I forgot what are the three or four things. Um, one thing he said that you need to have the radar for BS, right? What is the thing he said? Right. You need to have a good radar for BS. You need to be tender. You need to, you need to be tender and understanding. There was two yeah. other. There's one other. And I'm trying to remember what it was. So uh, the artist, I give, uh, I changed my past week. I give the password to the artist. They perform three songs live on my Instagram. After we promote like about a week before with a beautiful um, visual I promote the artist promote if there's a label, the label promotes. And then now that I'm here, normally I would do it later in New York, but because I'm here, I do it around three or four o'clock New York time, which is nine or 10 here. And that's it. They come on, they, they present themselves, they do three songs. And it, for the ones that are foreign, it's great for them to have an audience. We can have from 30 to 200 people. It's not easy to get people to tune in. Right. Because there's so much going on. But the beauty of it is after that, I post the next day in my feed, those three songs. And then the views are really like, for me, I mean, for those artists, we, we go from 300 views to 2000 views. So that, that's it for me. So uh, Annie, are those artists, know, are those artists sharing that Instagram feed with their followers as well? With, with Are the artists, with their followers. Yeah. So it's always compounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's yeah. building That's, an audience. I mean, you know, 
everybody is being an audience. Like I had a major star in France that nobody knows who she he is in in the U.S. I thought they were going to be you know difficult to work with. No, but they understand. I, I have to say, there's not one person I have asked that has said that had said no. Not one. It's really it's fantastic. But I keep the same spirit, you know. First of all, I make it short, three songs. Right. right. Make it, people have no patience. And I, I, uh, I try to ask maybe for a cover because people always like to hear a cover. So that's part of the concept. And um, I mean, so far, so good. I've been doing this since uh, May. And Scott, remember, part of the reason also Lou <laughs> never <laughs> understood. I never got into social media. I hardly even wanted to have a computer. He was so <laughs> mad at me for this. He's, he was like, how can somebody <laughs> so know how to do this? <laughs> I was just resisting. And in, you know, when I couldn't do the live anymore, I didn't have a job. I'm like, I need to stay relevant. I need to, first of all, for my own sanity, Right. I learned very quickly. I had to. Well, it's a, still the same concepts of what you know how to do. It's just a different platform to do it on. Well, I mean, I knew how to do PR. This Even when I started at the Standard, it was no longer PR. It was more like curating programming. Exactly. Annie, what's the name of the um, platform on Instagram so our listeners could access it? It's Annie O Music Live. Annie O Music Live on Instagram. And it's always being updated. I, I'm on part of the feed. Arnie, you should be part of the feed. It's always something interesting yeah. coming in there that you check out. It's great. It's curated. I will it, it will it will be number one on my list. You met you mentioned your resistance to media. I don't know if you've been following Fran Lee and her uh you know, she has this uh this uh show now with uh marty scorsese but she still doesn't have a cell phone or yeah doesn't have a cell phone doesn't have a computer still operates you know completely uh by uh pen and paper you know pen and paper uh no i would no no i i switched like you know <laughs> over you know 10 12 years ago i had to cell phone i like the cell phone, I don't like <laughs> it's this social media thing that but you know again we're just questions from the beginning today i find myself advising even the artists that i manage you'll be surprised that you still have young people i have one young musician well scott knows him very well jonathan richmond uh, as known as Y johnny who has an aversion to social media he's 18 yeah you know but i respect like that it. i respect that you know what's interesting? We Put music we, stuff. Post, you know. Right, right. He right. It's in, what's interesting is we interviewed the other Jonathan Richmond, whom you know from uh, for our our Tai Chi book, yeah. and that Jonathan Richmond of the Modern Lovers has no cell phone, has no computer. So oh. the only way to get to him is through his landline or a letter. You have to write him a letter, and oh he, wow. He says in his he says he goes, my brain is always working very fast. If I was to add the Internet or smartphones to the mix, it would just make me overload. I mean, something like that probably said a lot more eloquently. But, yeah, not everybody. It's not everybody's yeah, cup I, of tea. But he has a choice, unfortunately. And I really don't even believe I'm saying that today. I don't right. think, unfortunately, those younger emerging musicians have a choice. I really don't. Now, a lot of them might not use it properly. Posting stuff that doesn't make sense or posting too much personal stuff, which I'm against. Um, I just, if you're lucky enough to succeed without it, more power to you. Exactly. It'd be, it'd be hard to do that. So, so Annie, is the standard going to come back and are you going to go back and continue your, uh, your live from the penthouse series? Well, I hope so. They have been, really as far as hotels go amazing uh, in terms of how they love culture they let me do this you know for 10 years basically mostly for the community you know the lower east side but to give the agenda you know 
space. They totally trust me. I could book whatever it was. They were happy with it. It was always packed. But it's live music. But yeah, whenever it comes back, I, I hope to go back. If it's not there somewhere else, but you know, it will be my first priority. It was home for me. I miss it. And how does how does being in New York, you were in New York for part of the pandemic. You just have been in Paris for a couple of months. How does the experience in New York compare to the experience in Paris? Well, first of all, it's my home. <laughs> so I I was really lonely. Honestly, I was lonely because some of it by choice. I didn't want to go to people's house. I just it was, you know, harder than I don't know, maybe today is better. And a lot of my friends just left. They went to the country, you know, whether they had a house in the in, in uh, upstate or in the Hamptons or or their friends left too. They had to, they would travel, whether it's France, Portugal, Italy. That was a problem for me. I mean, I, I, I like being on my own. But that was hard. But what saved us, honestly, and that's why people don't understand why they're not doing it here, it's, uh, you know, to, to be able to eat outside. That saved New York, at least part of the economy for the restaurant and us. We would go, you know, have a coffee, have lunch, have dinner only outside. And then when it started to get cold, they put heaters out. I think whoever did that, whether it's Cuomo or de Blasio, whoever came up with, you know, supporting this idea was a life savior. Well, you just saw that the, uh, the governor has announced that they can have a 10% um, starting with 10% occupancy at stadiums and, and uh, big on New York. Live too? Live. Oh, what about small venues? I don't know. Scott, do you know what they said about small venues? No, I don't. But I know that there is some there's funding to try to help yes. offset their losses. That's the that's the thing. But no, I don't know what the capacity issues are. Um, you know, I think it's all about vaccination. It's all about the rate of vaccination. And the interesting thing, Arnie, is, is that the rate of vaccination I was just reading this uh, an article this morning, the rate of vaccination in the coastal cities is far higher than it is where we are here inland. And so, yes, that's true. You know, we have to. Uh, and what's, what's the vaccination? What's the vaccination situation like in, in Paris, Annie? Well, <laughs> I, I cannot get the vaccine because I'm not French and I don't have. I mean, I have a private health insurance, but I don't have the French health insurance. And also they are still only vaccinating 75 and up and uh, the health workers. So that's a little bit controversial. Right. Uh, I think Europe is not doing as well. Right now, revaccinations. I'm not sure why, but it's um, they haven't moved from 75 yet. It's Annie. Even with with you being in Paris, did you have do you have any of your friends and people that you've worked with coming to you from other parts of Europe to see you? Uh, no, no, no. Only in Paris. I only oh. see people that are based in Paris, and I mean they travel though. They go. They go to. So, uh, like I said, it's open, but and not open at the same time. We have the curfew at six o'clock. Yeah. You know, it's a very strange situation. But I had to, even though I'm super careful, I had to loosen up a bit because I do want to see my friends, and I'm here also for that. Because I, you know, it turns out that I have more friends that stayed in town in Paris than in New York. Mm -hmm. So, just so you know, uh, Annie. The, uh, the opening is effective February 23rd. It's for entertainment and sports events at venues of more than 10,000 people so that uh, Nets, Knicks, Rangers, Islanders, you could probably have a concert, but you can only have 10% capacity. And all attendees will have to, have to take the uh, PCR test within 72 hours before okay. attending. Well, that's great. And there, there, is, there is also, there. I can send it to you, Scott and share you can share uh, Cuomo and um, a couple of other people on there's a board they came up with a big big cultural initiative it's I don't remember what it's called 
and that it's going to be in venues all over town, free theater, music, I don't know about cinema, dance. Uh, it sounds amazing. And I don't know, I mean, if there's anything I can do with that, but I sure would love to because I'm be back in the spring anyway. Oh, you are coming back. Okay. Yeah. How's Annie? I I I, I haven't heard from her about her in a while, but Marie Claude uh, from the Cartier Foundation. Well, she hasn't been with Cartier in a long time. Are but, you seeing uh, her there? No, she's based in Luxembourg. Oh, I didn't she's know been, that. Uh, the of a great museum there for quite a while, but she soon, I think, is going to retire probably because she's done so many things. And funny you mentioned the. Cartier Foundation, they, you know, it's a Cartier Foundation for the Arts. They have an amazing space here and they do interesting exhibits and uh, music, but it has to be very sophisticated. So I was able to book one of their very few shows at the end of last year with an amazing artist that you should have on your program, Emel. She's originally from Tunisia and uh, she sings, you know, uh, more like experimental, uh, modern uh, Tunisian songs in English and in Arabic. Her song, one of her songs, was the anthem of the Arab Spring in Tunisia 10 years ago. Wow. So I was able, I'll send you that concert she did. Yeah, we'd love to talk to her. We'd love to, I'd love to talk, we'd love to talk to more musicians because yeah. I think people are starving for that connection to music and to what people are doing what are artists doing right now since they can't perform and you know places like Bandcamp are giving them a form is it mostly just kind of like writing and producing and creating like certainly the folks that you're working with what are they doing since they can't tour well uh, for example uh, I work with Sophie Oster who is really wonderful she is mm -hmm. very very resourceful every Friday she has a show, a chat on Instagram. Sometimes she invites people. She was very active with uh, politics, with her parents that are, you know, famous writers and very credible writers. Uh, they, uh, she really, they run an amazing campaign before that. So she invited some, she invites some guests. So she just performs every Friday since the pandemic. She's been doing that. Mm. It doesn't really, but... She's been doing that, but she's also natural. She's beautiful and, and very uh, easygoing. Right, she's very, really, very special. Emel is, uh, it's, you know, she, she is uh, you know, fairly well known here. She's been asked to do a lot of TV shows here to speak about the you know, Arab Spring. She did the Cartier Foundation. Um, the other things that artists hopefully luck, uh, if they are lucky enough and they have good managers or labels, they find some synchronization for their music. That right. brings money. But, mm -hmm. you know, you've got to work on it. You cannot stop working. So there are things that can bring you money, but you need a structure. Yeah. Sure. And that's an interesting piece, Arnie, right? With, with so much streaming content being created and films being created that go right to those OTT platforms, Artists can exhibit their music and and write for different pieces, different sure. films, different television programming. That's good to hear, Annie. Annie, Arnie, keep please keep, uh, ask. Sure, Annie, you you are well known for having a good ear for lots of interesting people. In this era, what are you looking for when you when you hear a new artist? Is it instinctual for you, or are there certain kind of uh, you know, boxes that have to check if, if you're, you're going to work with an artist. Most of what I do is instinctual of, of um, common sense and obviously experience. First, it's the voice. I don't need to know anything. Like when I booked at the Standard, often I didn't want any information. It was like, just send me a link. I don't want to know you're famous, not famous. You have a label, you have money, you don't, I don't care. I just want to hear it. And that's the first thing. 
I mean, I like all kinds of music. It just has to to resonate with my head, mm -hmm. with my instincts. Now, it doesn't have to be something I listen to at home. Right. It just has to work for what I do for my audience. Then the standard now Instagram. Like today, I have an amazing young lady, really young lady from Vancouver. Um, I mean, she's a fantastic voice. What's her so name? Victoria Anthony. And she has, I don't know, like 20,000 followers. I don't know how many followers she has, uh, but she, and I'm just, it was a little bit, for me, it was a little bit different than what I normally do, you know? And the, she's posted this like amazing video, thanking me, saying like, I was the legend of downtown New York. <laughs> she, she, so the voice, I would being, say, the voice is the most important. Yeah. Then also, I like when the people are nice and the, the people that handle them are nice. <laughs> right. That's that still super works. Important. Yeah. No, no giving me a hard time here. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, were you, did you, were you, uh, did you go see your folks? Uh, your parents in Israel before you went to Paris? Well, I got, I went in June, July and I was going to go from here. And also probably luckily I could get the vaccine there. I mean, hopefully now I can get the vaccine only in New York so far, but imagine that Israel two weeks ago closed even the airport. Even That's yeah. They're very, it's very tight there. Well, in a way, it's good. And they are now vaccinating people from 16 years old on. <laughs> Amazing. They're, so, yeah, yeah. what well, we could learn I, from them. If we don't reopen soon, if they don't reopen soon, I might have to come back to New York. And then, so it's it's not easy, you know, my, my dad is 95. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. I'm hoping, but they're very courageous. They got vaccinated, which is fantastic. That's a very, good very vaccine. early. Let's do this, Arnie. Let's take a quick break and then we will finish our remaining minutes with Annie O. Hyen of Annie O. Media back after this. Hunter Bay Coffee. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every weekend, Diane Beck of Windermere Real Estate presents Missoula Real Estate Today on News Talk KGVO. Diane and her guests provide interesting information about the local housing market, along with industry-related topics and trends. Missoula Real Estate Today, presented by Diane Beck of Windermere Real Estate, Saturday mornings from 8 till 8.30, and again Sunday mornings from 10.30 till 11 on News Talk KGVO, FM 98.3 and AM 1290. All right, Arnie, we are back with our guest, Annie O'Hyan. So let me ask you this, Annie. How can our listeners follow you and stay on top of what you're doing? And tell us what, where you see things going for you in the... In the um, well, the first thing they can do is go to Instagram, Annie O Music Live. And for now, I do short little concerts every Thursday on my Instagram and any musician that would like to maybe be included or check it out to send me some link, I will. Um, I also do management, uh, very like management consulting for like bigger picture for the artist. And that I would like to continue doing that. And I'm hoping that in the future, not only the live will start again, but there will be more opportunities like this uh, this new opportunity that we are doing in New York for cultural events, for people to perform maybe 
in empty spaces. Uh, there is a lot of window fronts that are empty. I know that landlords have initiatives to let local artists use those spaces. Things are starting to move in that direction and hopefully they can make some money doing that even if the audience just stands outside. So people are creative, but it's not it's not easy. Yep, that's right. It's not easy, unfortunately. Well, Annie, you've been a great guest. We really appreciate your time. Fantastic talking with you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. All right, Arnie, I will see you next week. Take care, Scott. See you next week. Thank you for listening to What Do You Know? I can't wait for the next show, Scott. I'm excited too, Arnie. If you'd like to suggest a guest, send me an email at scottrichman at townsquaremedia.com. We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening to News Talk KGVO. the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done